Good evening, gorgeous people. I'm Aaron Ryan and welcome to the Big Brother After Show eviction interview. Tonight, it was the end of the road for Tully. Tully was determined to allow herself to shine through, to go further in the Big Brother house than Drew, so be able to step into her spotlight. But unfortunately, that was not meant to be. I think this interview is going to be a little more Dr. Phil than Sonia Kruger. Tully, thank you for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I'm excited to be here. Now, obviously, I have 5,000 questions for you, um, a few Drew-related, but there wasn't many opportunities for the audience to see Tully. Everything was wrapped up in Tully and Drew or Drew and Tully. So I want to ask you first, and in the words of Slim Shady, will the real Tully please stand up? Who is Tully? <laughs> Tell me about this beautiful individual person that's Tully. Oh, I love that. I love, let's, let's put a bit of spotlight on me, shall we? Um, I, I mean, I'm empathetic. I, that's kind of my biggest quality. I'm emotional as I think we've all seen. I have a really big heart. Like my heart is so big. It sometimes gets me into trouble. It's, it's a bleeding heart. I feel everything for everyone all the time. Uh, I'm opinionated. I'm feisty. I'm sassy. Uh, I'm just, I'm a lover end of the day. I'm just a lover. I want the best of everything for everyone. I want everyone to do well. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm, I'm a Libra, uh, if you guys know what a Libra is, but I've got a lot of Scorpio in me. So Libra is very romantic, flirty, um, indecisive and my Lord, I'm indecisive, but I also have a lot of Scorpio in me. And that's kind of like the stinger that you sometimes see. We didn't see it so much this season. Thank the Lord. I managed to keep that under wraps a bit, but yeah, I do still have that fight in me when it needs to come out. Oh, beautiful. So, so when the producers called you and asked if you want to be part of Big Brother 2022, were you aware from the outset that Drew was also part of this season? Absolutely not. Oh. I would have bet my, I would have, absolutely not. I would have bet my house, my life, I would have bet my car on him not coming back. I mean, I knew when they asked me to come back that there was, a I'm not like, there's no way they're just bringing me back on my own. That makes yeah, absolutely yeah. no sense to just have a bunch of new housemates and then Tully like that doesn't make any sense. If they're going to do that and just bring one old housemate back, it would be someone like Reggie, Tim, you know, yeah, yeah. royalty status. I'm like a D-lister ex-housemate. So I, my, my thoughts were, I mean, weren't, none of this was confirmed by anybody, but my thoughts were it was either going to be an all-stars cast or it would be half and half, which is what it was. Well, kind of half and half. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so they're definitely, so they've asked me, so obviously I know I'm in, they're definitely going to ask Tim Dorma. And apart from the fact that I didn't think that they would have three from the same season come back, Drew has always said he would never do it in a million years. You know, he had his run, he had a fun time, but he's moved on. You know, he's got a different career that he loves and he's point blank said outwardly, publicly on my own podcast, Too Much Tully, that he wouldn't do it for a million dollars. So I had no idea that he'd be in the house. In fact, when people asked, you know, oh, do you think, do maybe, do you think? I was like, nah, there's just no way, no way. So yeah, I was, I was definitely shocked. The shock was, was genuine. Oh, so now I feel super sorry for you because it's like you, you would have entered that house and thought, okay, this is Tully on Big Brother. And like within one second of entering the house, Drew's there. And then you find out Drew's with this girl, Sam. And you're thinking this, this whole thing is just going to be completely different to what I thought 
was gonna yeah I think I think the reason I wasn't more like (gasps) what was because I I was being held by a producer in the diary room and they were waiting for the perfect moment to push me out you know into the lion's den and I heard through his headset them say Cameron Drew Cameron Drew Uh, so I had found out a minute before what I was about so that's why when you see me come around the corner I'm not like what the hell are you doing here I'm more just like Ugh, what uh, uh but yeah it definitely I had envisioned you know my second coming I'd envisioned my my redemption arc and playing on my own and making my own decisions and not being bogged down by you know a silly silly six foot two boy with long hair and um yeah quite quickly my plans were blown out of the water and I and I knew that it would be a struggle to separate myself from him even if I wanted to even if he wanted to I knew that big brother would find ways to to keep us annoyingly intertwined this is why I love podcasts you, you know you actually learn you know because you see what you see and then just you know a few lines that you just said it just changes my whole perspective of of you know, like opinions of, of what happened in the house and you coming in and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I want to get to the to the big question out of the way so so we can talk about other stuff. A number of people obviously, you know, have exes and um and you know the exes they all always had that fondness for and care about. Now I'm obviously going on what I see on the television. When Drew was first evicted and you know and went to the mainframe, obviously the house obviously thought that that was a real eviction at the time. You were absolutely distraught. Um, your emotion and reaction were like someone, you know, had taken away your left arm. So the first question I think popped into everyone's mind was, is this girl still in love with Drew? Um, do you think in hindsight there, or, or there is, or there has been still unresolved underlying feelings for Drew? Absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. And I think all you need to do is ask any other housemate. Like, we barely got along. Like we could barely be in the same conversation without bickering and arguing, arguing. Like there were times when he was my least favorite person in the house. There is, it's, we've been over for a very long time. Like it's been nine years. Like we did, we don't work. We didn't work. We never really worked. I mean, even if you watch back, I think if you take off the rose colored glasses and watch 2013, we're constantly bickering. Like it was never rosy. It was never like always great. So, um, so, so why that emotion though? Like that huge amount of emotion when he was going to leave because I'm, a, it felt counterintuitive, right? Like I'm an empathetic person. And despite that being the move I wanted to make and what was best for my game. And, you know, I did want that clear air, as Dave said, I wanted to have space to breathe. He's still someone that's been in my life for nine years and I still want the best for him. And I felt the minute I pulled the trigger, I felt immediately sick with guilt. I felt bad. Like I was sending a mate home and possibly ruining his chances of $250,000. Like that's a big decision. And I'm the, it's just the kind of person I am. I, it was what I wanted to do. It was best for my game, but it still didn't feel very nice. And I think the minute I saw him kind of walk out and, you know, with his suitcase, I was like, oh shit. Like, even though we weren't getting along, even though we weren't playing on the same alliance, he was yeah. still someone that I've known forever in the house. It was still a level of comfort having, even if he was, you know, all the way across the other side of the house, him and Tim both provided me that level of familiarity. So yeah, it just felt counterintuitive. It was what I wanted to happen. It's what I needed to happen, but I immediately felt really bad for doing it. And that's just who I am as a person. I don't, mm. it felt like the first move I'd made that was a strategic head move and I'm a heart player. So it just felt a bit, a bit icky. 
Look, I'm trying to not turn this into a big monologue, but I, I think myself and the Big Brother audience were absolutely crushed by your final eviction. I honestly not, you know, I'm honestly not trying to rub salt in the wound here, but it was a huge event. You know, like I have a best friend and we're, we're inseparable. We have a long history and so on. If we were somehow in the Big Brother house, no strategy, no amount of money, there would be no event in the house where we would not have each other's back. Um, neither of us would, would be, you know, in an emotional bind, asking each other for support, agree to that support, and then essentially blindside the other person and then vote against them, um, you know, in front of the Australian public. Like, we can talk about a number of events in the House, but you asking Drew, look, listen, return the favour, consider nine years of our history together, and then he says, yes, I, I'm standing by you, absolutely, and then he just goes into the eviction room and he voted against you. I mean, that, that just to me seems heartbreaking on a, on a level because of that history that you have, you know, even if it's just the friendship. Um, do, you understand, do you understand what he did or are you, can you actually say, look, I, I'm actually hurt by that? I'm de I was definitely hurt by it. But are we surprised, Aaron? Like, is anyone surprised that he stabbed me in the back? I mean, he, he wasn't exactly honest, faithful to me when we were together. He hasn't been very nice to me in the house. He hasn't had my back in the house. He's lied to me repeatedly. Is anyone surprised? I think that, you know, I did try and pull him aside and, and get to him. I tried to sort of break through the game, I guess, and be like, look at me in the eyes. Like we've been friends for nine years. I've had your back in this house and outside the house. You know, we've gone through heaps of stuff together. My mum passed away. We've gone through breakups. Um, and I, as we all know, as we've all seen, I've had his back and did him multiple favours in there. I saved his girlfriend. I saved yeah. him. I did him multiple favours. And I was really hoping that I wouldn't have to ever come back and ask them for, for return. I really didn't want to. I didn't want to have to rely on him. I didn't want to come to him for anything. I was, I was really determined to play my own independent, fierce, strong woman um, and, and not need him at all. But I realised very quickly that day that I was going to need him to back me. And so... I pulled him aside and I tried to get to him on a different level, you know, the level of, of us in the real world after the game. And I said, look, I'm asking you to do this one favor. Can you do it for me? And I think what hurt the most is that he kind of left me in that initial chat, in the treehouse. He kind of left me as like, look, if you can get the majority, I've got your back. Like, you know, leave it with me. Had he just left at that and kind of been ambiguous when he then stabbed me in the back in the eviction room, I wouldn't have been so shocked. But the fact that he took the time, you know, that very last chat where he grabs me by the hands or whatever, and he looks me in the eyes and he goes, I've got you. And I'm crying because I'm so anxious and nervous about leaving. And he's like, I've got you, Tiles. I've got you. Yeah. The fact that he did that, he didn't have to do that. He could have just avoided me and it would have been, I would have been like, oh, well, you know what? He never gave me his word. He never promised me anything. So fair play. I just feel like that that chat and the fact that he went to those extent that extent that's that's what hurt. Mm. I but are we surprised? No. Are we surprised that Tim and Drew flipped on me? No, not surprised. Yeah, I'm not really sure how to answer that. Obviously, not surprised in the sense you know Drew's done a lot of other things, but I think some people seem to have a baseline though. So you think, yeah, someone's likely. I, I would have said yes. Drew would have done a million things. But at the end of the day, when he did say that to you, yeah, I've got your back and and I'm with you. I I, I mean, I did believe that because I think yeah, he was yeah, I believed it too. 
Yeah. I believed it too. I went into that eviction room feeling pretty confident. And then throughout the chats and, you know, looking around the room and, and people kind of avoiding my eye contact and a few things that Johnson was saying to me, I thought, oh shit, I'm being blindsided here. I'm, I'm going, I'm going. Um, but again, like, it's kind of sad, but even as I was in the eviction car, like leaving the house, I still assumed that he had stuck to his word. I couldn't figure out what had gone wrong. I, when I was hugging Gabby goodbye, I said, what, what just happened? And she said, Tim. So I knew that Tim had flipped, but I couldn't figure out what had gone wrong. And it wasn't actually until the next day when I came back to the big brother compound to film some stuff and speak to producers that I realized that, that Drew had in fact lied to my face and stabbed me in the back. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you did seem very reactive um, towards Sam um, and, and, and Drew and their constant making out. Now, some say that even though you are not with Drew, I mean, obviously it can be triggering for, for any ex seeing someone, you know, with, with someone that's new like, you know, like that. But when I interviewed Sam, I mean, and this is the other, the other point of view, is that for her, if she had a, uh, an ex in the house, like she really wouldn't care because it's an ex and like you just move on and you wouldn't be really like that, that emotional. So I think at one point she said she really didn't understand that. And she probably should have understood that more. Um, like wh wh why did you appear to have, you know, like what it appeared to be a strong reaction towards Drew and Sam? I wasn't emotional about them making out at all. And it definitely wasn't just me. We were all pretty grossed out by the constant makeout mm. sessions. It wasn't just happening in little corners or in their bed. It was in the kitchen while we were making breakfast. It was on the couch whilst we're sharing a popcorn bowl. It was definitely not just me. Obviously what everybody's seen are my reactions because the camera's going to zoom in on me, right? That makes sense. But every single housemate was grossed out by the makeout sessions. It's nothing yeah. to do with me being an ex. No one wants to live in a share house with a couple that's constantly making out. Yeah, no one yeah. wants that. So the fact that you've just seen my reactions doesn't mean that I was the only person reacting. And it has nothing to do with me being an ex or feeling uncomfortable. It has to do with living in a share house in a confined space and having people like sucking face next to you all the time. Like mm. no one wants that. Like you think about living in a share house with your mates and you have that annoying couple, you know, you've got that guy who's got a girlfriend who's always over, never leaves. And they're always on the couch, taking up space, making out. Like it's just, it's uncomfy for everybody. I actually felt it, yeah. it had, it was so nothing to do with me being his ex and more to do with just like, can you guys just like get a room? And yeah. everyone felt that way. That's why Sam was constantly up. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that was definitely one of the reasons that people were saying Sam was up because, you know, she just wasn't, you know, interacting with people in the house. I, I, remember I think because Sam it. is because Sam is an intimacy coach and she's so comfortable with herself, right? She's so comfortable with love and showing emotions. And if I feel something, I'm going to go for it power to her. I fucking love that about Sam. But I think that means that she kind of forgot that not everyone was like that, you know, just because you're super comfortable with making out and being touchy feely all the time. Doesn't mean that the other 19 people you're living with are as comfortable. I just want to ask you, I, I think it's an interesting question. Here we go. Tully and Drew, Sam and Drew, Tim and Drew, Johnson and Drew, Estelle and Drew, Gabby and Drew. There's a theme in there, isn't there? I mean, people seem to have a, a very strong connection with Drew. Somehow he's he's like able to pull people in. He, he's very good at that. It's like he has some kind of secret something. <laughs> I don't know what it is that that makes you turn off your brain and, and then you just get sucked in. So it's not just from a relationship point of view. It seems to be able to 
you know, even like also move on quicker than, than the people that he left behind. So there's no better person to, to ask than, than you, I guess. What is it about Drew that's, I guess, so intoxicating? I wouldn't say he's intoxicating. I think you're giving him much, much credit. Um, <laughs> if you go back to 2013 and you watch his VT, his, his intro video, he talks about the fact that he's a smoozer. He is very good at being a chameleon and turning on the charm and being exactly what that person needs at the time. Mm. Um, he, he, that's one of his secret powers. He says that in his very first bio video in 2013, and that hasn't changed. Mm. Um, he can turn it on when he wants to turn it on and he can be the person that that particular person needs to be. You know, he can be the romantic interest for Sam. He can be Tim's little naughty buddy. He can be Gabby's older brother. He can be Johnson's best mate. He can be whatever you need him to be at the time. And I think that's why he has, that's why, that's what he's good at. That's, that's why he's good at the game. Like he's got a strong social game and that's, that's just the way he plays it. Last, like, personal, uh, I guess, personal Drew question. Drew comes into other things because of, you know, challenges and other things that went on. But from a, from a viewer point of, uh, point of view, we thought Drew and Sam were equally, you know, attracted to each other couple in the house. There was that scene between Drew and Joel in which there seemed to be this deal that Drew essentially was allowing Joel to get rid of Sam because he couldn't. Drew then subsequently said that, that no, this was all misconstrued, but it's all come out later that that was what Drew was doing. So, I mean, you know Drew more than most. Was was Sam being used? It, I mean, it's hard to say. In the house, I believe Drew. You know, again, Drew looked me in the eyes and said that he didn't say that. So... I was as surprised as everybody else to watch the fact that he did. I was disappointed. You know, I think that we always want the people we care about to do better and be better. I, I always give people benefit of the doubt and I, I hope and, and expect that when they tell me something that it's the truth and, and that they have the best of intentions. So it was definitely, I wouldn't say surprising, but it was a bit disappointing to see that that was all going on behind closed doors. And I felt for Sam. I really did. I messaged her that night when that episode aired and I said, are you doing okay? Cause that was hard for me to watch. So I can't imagine how you feel. Mm. Um, but whether he used Sam or not, that's not for me to say. It's something you're going to have to ask Drew. Yes, and will do. I'm sure he'll, um, I'm not sure how long he's going to last in the house now. Um, let's get. Hopefully to not too much longer. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's get to some other things. Um, oh, this is still, still slightly negative though, but voted biggest whinger in the house. I mean, did that surprise you? What, what and, and was it fair? Do you, do you think that is how people actually view you? I, it didn't really bother me at all. And none of those, like, that th doesn't bother me. I think mm. that there was an ongoing joke. I, I have chronic headaches. I have been struggling with headaches since I was a little girl. And so I was often needing Nurofen or painkillers from Big Brother. So I was often like, Big Brother, can you let me into the diary room? I have a headache. Like, I'm not surprised. And it doesn't bother me. Like, I just, it's, if that's the worst thing you can throw at me, yeah. then I'm, I whinge sometimes I'm doing okay. Like I'm not malicious. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not mean. I'm not nasty. I don't lie. Yeah. If the worst you can throw at me is that I whinge a bit. I'm yeah, doing all right. Absolutely. Another relationship in the house um, was you and Tim. So just to sort of set the record straight, do you guys actually dislike each other or is this a, a brother and sister kind of rivalry sort of thing? 
No, Tim and I have never disliked each other. I think that we butt heads in the house because we, we both play such a different game. I, you know, he switches into game mode and he's very, very good at it. Whereas I don't have that ability. You know, I'm the same person as I am in my normal life with my boyfriend as I am in the house with the housemates. And I think if you know me in real life, you can attest to that. You know, my my podcast co-host who didn't know me the first time around, who now works with me, she watched the first season. She's watched this season. She's like, you're just you. You're just being yourself. Whereas Tim is very good at playing the game and, and switching into this, this game mode. But on the outside, in the real world, which is where it matters, Tim and I have always been on good terms. We've never gone through a stage where we're not talking. We have disagreements, of course. Like, you know, we're very different people, but we're family, you know, and at the end of the day, we'll always be family. We're now... We were already bound together for life in the first time round, and now we're, you know, doubly bound together for life. Right. And um, I think he's a, he's an amazing player. He's a fun player to play with, uh, even if you know he's he's not always doing the best thing by me. Mm. I can respect his gameplay as a fan of the show and as a fan of, you know, the format. I think that you can't question the fact that he's an amazing player. So. But we've always, it's all love. It's all love. Like siblings, you know, at Christmas dinner, we might argue, but come dessert, we're all good again. Oh, beautiful. Let's play the um, Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors moment. So let's just say that that Sam, obviously she she went out before you. And let's say it was the other way around and Drew was evicted before you. So you're actually left in the house. No Sam, no Drew. What do you think people would have seen when they watched the show with just Tully? I mean, firstly, I'd hope they'd see more of me because I feel like I didn't get any screen time unless I was near in the proximity of Drew or crying. <laughs> they're my two, apparently, they're my two tricks. Yeah. I only have the two tricks, crying or, you know, doing something with Drew. So hopefully I would have liked to have seen more of me. I would have loved to see more about of my friendship with Gabby and Estelle. Gabby, Estelle and I were really, really close uh, I would have loved to have seen more of the girlhood, the sisterhood. You know, I was that big sister to Gabby and Alicia. I was a very tight friend to to Estelle. I was often caring for Reggie. I had also a really great friendship with Johnson and JC. Like JC and I had a weird understanding and a, and a friendship from day one. I never came for him. There were often times where my alliance wanted me to put a point on JC and I just wouldn't do it. And no one's even seen JC and I talk. Yeah. So it would be nice to see, you know, more of my relationships with the other housemates. A quick game of which I've done with everyone else is, is choose a housemate, Tully. So most, mm -hmm. gen, most genuine. Most genuine, Estelle. Okay. Most non-genuine uh, appears nice, but um, they could be lying to your face and you can't pick Drew. Disingenuous <laughs> is the word. Yeah. Disingenuous. Taras. Oh, right. Okay. Um, most you would like to connect with with on the outside, like you know, would you love to have around for a barbecue and con continue a friendship with? Oh, there are so many. I only pick one. Well, there's no rules of this game, really. You say whatever you like. Um, well, I've had Alicia around to the uh, boyfriend's family house for dinner, which was very funny. That was a fun night. Um, she's a lot of fun. And also Trev. Trev and I live in different states, so I haven't seen him since being evicted, but I would love to get Trev around for a barbecue. Oh, beautiful. With the newbies, who, who's the newbie housemate that you think could go the furthest? They're all playing a bloody good game. Like I was blown away constantly by the newbies. I'm like, you guys have this. I, the numbers and the numbers, numbers are so important this time around. Right? I'm numbers dyslexic. 
I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. I can, I can write, I can speak, I cannot do numbers. And Alicia and Johnson were constantly, you know, counting the numbers and, and placing them out and figuring it out. I was blown away by all the newbies. I thought they played a really great game. I think Taras, Johnson and Alicia are playing bloody hard um, and they're doing it on their own terms. You know, they're kind of all playing an individual game whilst being part of the same alliance. And I, I really respect all three of them and their gameplay, even Taras. Yeah. And, and, and who would you like to win Big Brother? I really, I really want Johnson or Alicia to take it home. I think that, you know, Alicia was kind of just coasting along. I didn't really give her much time. Like when I first got in there, she was kind of attached to Joel's hip and I, she didn't really give me much. So I didn't really give her much. And then when Joel left, she was so upset. And I remember comforting her and I said to her, this is going to be the best thing that's happened to you. And I truly meant that. And to watch her blossom and become this girl boss mafia, like telling the boys who to go for and doing the numbers and hustling as hard as she did. Um, full respect, full respect to her. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see yeah Johnson or, or Alicia take it home. All right, moving ahead now. Can, can I ask about, um, well, I guess people wondering about what the status of your current relationship is with Drew now. And I'm not obviously speaking in a romantic way, but have you guys got to the point now where you are able to continue to, to be friends moving forward? Or is it like, Lisa, we need to get on with our lives and, and it's, it's probably better that we do that apart? We're, we're always going to be friends. We've always been on good terms. You know, we don't, we go through phases where we don't chat as much. When we've both got partners, obviously at the moment we've both got partners, we're both very happy in our relationships. So just naturally the conversation just dies off. Um, when something will happen, someone's birthday, you know, someone, one of us will see a funny meme or something, we might send it to each other, but we're not, we're not talking constantly and we haven't spoken, you know, very regularly lately. We're both just doing our own thing. We're both just really happy. He's, he's loving his job. I'm really busy. Mm. Uh, and we're both really happy with our, our respective partners. So, well, there's always going to be love there. There's, we're always going to be friends, but yeah, we're not the kind of friends that catch up for coffee or, you know, go hang out and grab a beer. Um, but like an old school friend, um, I think we'll always be in each other's lives. I see a few pictures of you and your and your gorgeous partner, um, Daniel. Um, I wish I could interview him and and ask him, hey brother, what do you what do you think about all of this, you know, Drew and Tully stuff? I mean, if I did interview, what do you think he would say? You know, because he he he's obviously seeing it through his own eyes, and there's all that attention. Like, like what does he think about everything? I mean, firstly, he's always been so supportive. Like we did discuss, you know, I kind of went through worst case scenarios before I went away and I said, look, worst case scenario, if they've somehow managed to convince old mate to come back, how do we feel about that? And we, we discussed that. End of the day, he's secure enough in himself as a man, but also in our relationship, he's not bothered. You know, it was, it was nine years ago. He doesn't watch reality TV. The only show he likes is Survivor, but even that he doesn't really commit to. I'm like, sit down, you're missing it. You don't even know what's going on. So <laughs> he's never really, he's never really like, I'm trying to make him watch Love Island UK at the moment. Again, not, not giving me much, much. So he's tapped in and out. Like he's watched me win challenges and when, you know, something exciting is happening, he'll come and check it out, but he hasn't really been watching it. And to be honest, it doesn't really affect him or bother him. Like he knows where he stands. He knows how we are. He knows how rally TV works. Um, and so, yeah, he's not really been bothered. He's, he's been absolutely amazing and so supportive. I've been more bothered by it, you know, like it's annoyed me more than it's annoyed him. <laughs> All right. Second, last question. Um, can you just, you know, give the audience and let us know what you're, what you're up to now career wise that you do podcasts and just, you know, podcasting and, you know, you know, what, what are you up to? And, and if people want to see what you're doing, how, how could they get involved and, and that kind of thing? 
Yeah, for sure. So I'm still on Instagram. I've been so lucky that I still get to do that as, you know, my main bread and butter. So I'm on Instagram at T underscore Spice. I have my own podcast called Too Much Tully, which I absolutely love. That is what keeps me, you know, going. It's my passion. I, I have a degree in journalism. So the fact that I now have my own podcast is just it makes my soul happy. And we talk about everything from, you know, dating in your thirties to freezing your eggs, anxiety. Um, so that's been really great and that's doing really well. And I, I, am so proud of that little baby. Um, I've been asked to write a book, so I've been putting it off. I know. Well, I'm such a big reader and I love, I love writing, but when you writing about other things is so easy writing about yourself. I can't even write a short bio. Like sometimes I get asked to provide a short bio and I can't even write a short bio. So that's definitely a goal of mine that I want to tick off in the near future. And then also, you know, I I did lose my mom to dementia um, in 2019. So I'm working on a creating a support group or like a network for young people that have dementia in their lives. So whether that's a grandparent, a mother, a sister, an aunt, um, there's just not enough resources out there or information out there for young people going through this. And I unfortunately spent most of my childhood dealing with dementia. So that's really important to me. I get so many messages from people reaching out, wanting advice or help with dealing with dementia. And I just think, God, you know, I'm only one person and I respond to each and every single message, but I'm only one person and I'm not a professional. I can only share what helped me or what I experienced in my own personal life. But I just think if I could find a way to connect all these individuals in my inbox so that they could talk to each other and support each other, that would be amazing and and so helpful for them. So that's what I'm working on at the moment behind the scenes, which um, means the world to me. You know, I, I, I had a last question. I, I feel like scrapping that now, just, just based on what you're talking about, you, you know, your mum with dementia, um, she obviously couldn't have been hugely old then. Like, going no, back. no. So she was, she was diagnosed when I was 14, 15 years old. So she's had it my whole life. Well, she had it. Yeah. I guess that again, see when you get more information, it paints a different picture about you. I mean, like a lot of the emotion that you see, whether it's about Drew or not about Drew, you know, there's a lot of empathy in, 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 in people that obviously have experienced loss and, and, and gone through all that kind of stuff. So, you, you know, I guess a lot more in tune with your emotion because, because of things that have happened in, in your life. Is that, is that, would that be a fair call to say a lot, like, you, you have that realization about empathy and, and, and emotion, you know, because of things that will happen with your mum. I mean, cause that's a lot to deal with it if you were 14 and 15 and that's where the process started. Yeah, absolutely. And I would never use my mum's illness or what we've gone through as a family as an excuse. But when I reflect back and look at, you know, how I was in, in 2013 as a 25 year old, I was so hurt. I was so lost. I was dealing with so much trauma that I hadn't gotten on top of. You know, I had never seen a psychologist before to talk about it all. And I was going through so much. I was carrying so much on my shoulders that nobody really understood or knew about. And I I hadn't figured out how to regulate my emotions. I, I hadn't figured out healthy ways of dealing with pain or with frustration. And so looking back and I look at myself and I'm like, God, she's such a lost little girl. She's, she's so sad and she's so lost. And I think that's something that I've been able to achieve over the last nine years. You know, I came out of the house. I thought, look, I'm, this is not, I'm better than this. This is not who I want to be. And I, I, booked myself into a range of different therapies. At one point I had a life coach, a psychologist, kinesiologist, an acupuncturist. 
Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've, I've found those tools, you know, to help me better deal with, with myself and my emotions. But absolutely, I think losing your mom at 15 years old and having to sort of, I often say that I didn't just lose mom, I lost dad as well. Because when mom got sick, dad became mom's full-time carer and his attention and yeah, a lot of it was on mom, you know, and he had three teenage kids as well. And we kind of had to grow up really fast. And that's definitely made me feel things more deeply. And it's also made me a more sensitive person. But I think something that I was able to achieve over the last nine years is just figuring out a more productive, healthy way to channel those emotions and to, to deal with those emotions because for a long time it would just it would overwhelm me and that's why it would all come out you know in these waterworks and you know hysteria and I think even if you look back now um I'm you know a lot more controlled and you know there are times when Tim was pushing my buttons and rather than sit there and blow up I remove myself from the situation and stuff like that so yeah I've grown a lot I'm so proud like I often wonder because mum was already too sick even back in 2013. So she had no idea that I did the show, but I'd often wonder, Oh God, you know, what would she think of it? Would she be embarrassed? Would she have told me off? Would she, cause she loved the show, you know, when she was able to watch it and when she wasn't so ill, she did watch the show. And so I often wonder whether she would have been proud of me. Mm-hmm. And there was this really weird, I'm, I'm, I'm not super woo woo, but I'm, I'm much more woo woo than I used to be. And there was this moment Right before I went into the house, my phone, everything had been taken away from me and I was just told to kind of just sit and wait. And I was in a hotel room in Homebush and it was one of those hotels where you had to wind the window out and you only had about, you know, I don't know, 10 centimetres of space of air. So I couldn't like slide the window open. It was just this little gap. And I was sitting there looking out the window and I thought, oh, God, mom, like, is this the right thing? Like, should I be going back? Am I, am I making a mistake? Is this, am I, am I an absolute idiot for going back and doing it all again? I kind of just wanted a sign from her. I'm getting emotional. And so oh, weird because this, this gap, this gap in this window was just not enough. I could barely put my hand out. And for some reason, somehow a white feather blew into my window and landed on my lap. And I just thought, if that's not a sign from somewhere or someone, I don't know what is. So. Yeah, I hope, I, I feel like the first time around watching myself back, I couldn't be sure whether she'd be proud of me. You know, my dad always said, you know what, Pumpkin, you are yourself. You're not perfect. You love hard. And all we can ask is that you you be yourself and that's all you were. And we love you. But I did obviously always have that thing back in my mind, like, would mom be proud? I guess with this time round, I know for a fact that she would be because I'm proud. I'm proud of how I played this time round. I played with integrity, honesty, empathy, grace. You know, I never lied. I stuck to my word and I'm really glad. I think that despite all the curveballs that were thrown at me and all the handicaps I had, I feel like Australia got to see, you know, a different side to me and a side that feels more authentic and genuine to who I actually am. So I'm really proud and, and I hope she would be too. Yeah, I think as a as a, a fellow podcaster, one thing that you do in podcasting is research. And you know, I think I'm actually going to kick myself uh, for not researching some stuff a bit more about you and about your about your mum because this this really is, you know, everyone's going to ask you about Drew and this and that. But I mean, actually opening up and finding about you who you are as a person um, compared to. a very very edited version of what you get because sometimes three days will fit into 90 minutes um and you know i actually now 
I would have done a whole different podcast. I would have spent five minutes on Drew and 15 minutes talking about all of this stuff that you're talking about, because this, this is the stuff that really matters in life. But anyway, um, some, some tough, um, tough questions today. Um, I hope career-wise and, and you moving forward, um, people will get to see that tally, you know, without the shadow um, of, of, you know, what's his name? And, and <laughs> <laughs> Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he who should not be named. <laughs> And, and, you know, there's more of that strong, beautiful individual woman that, that is Tully. And, you know, I'm putting it out there. I think your mum would be super proud. But um, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. joining me today, Tully. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. That was Tully, uh, 11th evicted from Big Brother 2022. That's it for tonight. Thank you for listening. I'm Aaron Ryan. I'll be back with the 12th eviction very soon. Good night.